But as you do your franchise and you're looking at it, you know, you'll be able to go through the process and look at their FDDs. You'll be able to, you know, sit down and have a decision of, okay, what does it look like on the paper side of things? Now you need to reach across and make sure that you understand what's on the other side of the paper. Welcome to the Franchise Friend Podcast, where we bring you an exclusive peek into the world of franchise ownership. All right. Welcome to the Franchise Friend Podcast. I'm here with Dina Redinger. And uh, she is with Zoom and Grumman, and um, I really appreciate her uh, joining us today. She is an area developer and also a franchisee. Dina, thanks for getting on with me today. Yeah, welcome, and and I'm really happy to be here with you as well. Yeah, so um, I love the grooming business. Um, you know, I see I have a golden retriever, and I seem to not be able to uh find anyone it just seems like this business is booming the demand is growing it is can you share with me what your experience has been uh being a franchisee maybe not just with zoom and grooming but just in the grooming space yeah you know so um it was never a thought of mine to ever be where i am today so i'll just state that up front so um the reason why this kind of even you know even came up so post my big corporate career for over 35 years in healthcare and moved back here to Springfield, Missouri about four years ago and um, ran across this really dark time, which everybody did, right? It was the pandemic time. Most people found solace in in having a dog. We did too. And that's another story. But, um, you know, it wasn't until, you know, got out of the corporate world, looking into my coaching business, and I do a lot of leadership coaching with business anyway, and knowing that I needed to really find something else to kind of add to my armamentarium and and to build a business for myself and um, ended up, you know, getting a dog. And what I found was just looking at the market, regardless of what your market looks like, right? When you have a situation where people are looking for a solution during dark pandemic times, I would say probably probably 95% of the world found solace in having a dog because you could bring it into your home. So we were, we were one of those. So when it came down to looking for a business, you know, Zoom and Grimm and kind of zoomed across, as they say, my feed. And then, and, and my husband goes, Hey, take a look at this. You may want to think about this. And I'm like, yeah, I might want to think about it. So, you know, I think the market told me that there was a need Number one, I needed it personally for my own dog because I ended up getting a Bernese Mountain Dog and had taken it to a local groomer. And when she came out, it was like, oh my goodness, what happened? You know, and groomers have a hard time inside their own, you know, locations that they have. It's a very challenging position and um, culture really matters a lot in business. So long story short to your question is it just fit my own personal need and my own heartfelt story, but also felt it was something that I could get behind and uh, create a business for myself in Springfield, Missouri. Just curious, did you um, compare any other brands? Were you looking at any other businesses? Were you just kind of fixated on Zoom and Grooming? Now, you know, you look at everything, you know, I'm looking at, I'm a, I'm a woman and a woman owned business. So can I get behind a roofing company? Well, I probably could, but it really wasn't feeling that one. <laughs> so an inspection company, um, you know, um, there's a lot in the financial world, you know, um, I know one of our brands is a tax as well, you know, is, could I get behind that? And I'm like, I don't really know if I could really get behind that, but I really could get behind the thing that I love the most. So when we move back here, like I said, anytime you're looking at a business. Business is so hard, generally speaking. 
So if you don't have your heart and you have your passion behind something, it's really hard to kind of get yourself past some of those bumps that we all feel when you get into business along the way. You know, this Bernese Mountain Dog that we had, you know, when I first looked at Zoom and Grimmin and, you know, Lila is my, she is my brand for my company. She's in my commercials. She's in at the farmer's market. Everybody wants to pet Lila because she's such a lover, but she also brought us back to life. So when we moved back here about four years ago, when the world went dark, I had twin boys that were just finishing and starting their second year of high school. There's nothing worse you can do to teenage kids than to move them, then have a pandemic. Now I have no friends. And we thought having a house with a basement was great. It was all a great place for junior high kids, you know, I mean, high school kids. It was the worst thing we could have done because it ended up being a dark hole for them. And so when we brought Lila into our lives, you know, she, she was the one that stayed downstairs in the John Deere room on the concrete floor because they liked cold, right? We would find our boys down there with her, laying with her at night on that concrete floor. So she loved us back to life. So for our story, you know, for people around the world who know they found so much love and solace in their dogs, um, really felt like, you know what, that just hit me right where I felt like I could make the greatest impact. So one, I could tell my story because it's very real. And so we are in the people business. We just happen to be great grammars. And that's how I see this business, right? So it's really around taking care of you, the client, um, giving you a different experience, uh, different than what I experienced for my own dog, Lila, because I love her so much. When dogs come out of a really bad groom, they know when they come out of a bad groom. They they look up at you and they're like, what happened? You know, so it's a lot of that. So it's really about getting behind something that you felt like um, you had a passion for. And I think that's critical in any business you choose. That's good feedback. And you know, um, I, I, can you, if you could share with the audience, like, where have you found benefits in going the franchise route versus yeah. making it a Dina grooming? You know, um, <laughs> yeah. where, where, yes. what benefits have you seen with going the franchise route? Well, um, first off, I do have different businesses that I started on my own. So I've got that silo over there. So I have a direct comparison of how quickly you can ramp things up. So I think that's critical. I think when you choose the right franchise, you can ramp quickly. Um, also I think the franchise gave me an opportunity to take what I had in my 401k and roll it over into a Rob. So I didn't get so taxed on the front end. So, you know, could I use that money to apply it to my current business because I created a C Corp, made it much more, um, linear, quicker because somebody said, okay, here's the resource for this. Here's the resource for this. So they've already been vetted for you. So I think that's the hardest part of being a solo entrepreneur when you're kind of jumping in and said, oh, I've got a pie in the sky idea. I want to jump in and make this business. Um, What are all the things that you need? So, you know, that is the benefit of having any franchise, I think, is having more of the resource support that's already been vetted. So you don't have to sit back and have a, you know, a a gut punch for, oh, am am I making the right decision? And and how much is that decision going to cost me? A bad decision is going to cost you a whole lot more money if you can make it, you know, than if you were to make the right one the first time. So that was, that's a key learning. Uh, uh, how much of your decision came into talking to other franchisees? Like, um, you know, to be real honest, I interviewed um, other franchises. So I kind of had an idea of um, what I was looking for and also kind of what I need. And I think the really important thing is, is knowing, you know, 
you need to interview them. They're not interviewing you. You really need to interview them to see if it's a good fit for you. You know, do you, do you have a relationship? Can you build a relationship? Do you have trust, a trust component of, you know, what can people do when you're in kind of a crisis situation and you need some answers now, you know, is somebody going to step up and help you do that? What you find for me, that was kind of the pivotal piece of finding, you know, am I a good fit and are they a good fit for me? Talking to other franchises, I think came much more after, the time that you kind of jump in and you're starting to build relationships with other people because this was such a new beginning, a new startup when I came in about two years ago. Things that we know today, we didn't know then. So you've been kind of a pivotal person to be able to say, you know, well, I've done A, B, C, and D and this is what I know about my actual mobile business, my truck situation, because I think that's true for everybody that has a big, a mobile service situation. You know, there could be, you know, a bigger learning curve than you might have thought in the very beginning. So I think it really comes down to, you know, hey, what have you done with this and what have you done with that? And you got a solution for this. So it's kind of like having phone a friend times 1000. Yeah. <laughs> so you could just, you pick up the phone and you say, okay, I'm having a critical moment. What'd you do with this? Yeah. So. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, if you could share, you know, like I, I think whenever I talk to people about grooming businesses, uh, ultimately their their first obstacle that they're going to present from themselves is recruiting. You know, yes. share with me, like, what have you put into place? Maybe not from just a zooming grooming standpoint, but from like a Dina standpoint, like why yeah. do people want to work for you? You know, um, all of my career, I think, has kind of been very um, building for where I am today. You know, I've been in corporate America. I understand what it's like to create a really strong team under underneath some really challenging times. You know, I've been through four mergers and acquisitions. I've worked for bad managers who promised me, said A, B, C, and D, and did just the opposite. So I think the most important thing with leadership is being human um, and knowing that, you know, and I tell them when I am going to interview you, so if Charles, if you're going to be one of my persons I'm going to interview, I'm going to tell you up front, you're my customer. You're who I'm going to focus on trying to make sure that we create a place where you want to stay, that you're happy. Um, Number two, we want to make sure that, you know, we have an open line of communication. And I also let them know, you know what, I'm not perfect. (laughs) I'm going to make mistakes. So I really want you to tell me when, when you need something that maybe I've missed it or if something we can do better. We as a team will decide how we're going to bring the very best to our customers so that we know that you are served well as well. So on the other side of every customer, as we all know, it's the employees that work for you that will determine your outcome and your business. So if you don't take care of them efficiently, effectively, but I think with a heart of love for them, uh, then you've missed the boat. And I don't care what business you're in. So that's just my philosophy. That's my leadership philosophy. And I also believe that it's okay to let people, you know, feel like if they need to leave or they're not happy, they need to have kind of, I saw some of this on LinkedIn, give them the clap out, you know, say, thank you so much. We appreciate your service. You know, we want you to be happy. If you're not happy here, we want you to be happy somewhere else. So I think it's knowing that this is people first, your business and your success will come after that. That's, that's really good feedback. And, you know, like uh, taking care of your people have, has always been instrumental in all my, my franchises that, that I've owned and yeah. ultimately their reflection of who the owners are and mm-hmm. you know, whether they're happy or not, you know, is going to be a reflection to the customer. So it uh, does. that's great feedback. What, what challenges have you were maybe a surprise to you as kind of getting into the grooming business? 
I think the biggest surprise is, especially in, um, you know, a mobile business versus a brick and mortar business, um, there's a whole lot of things that um, every day is kind of a a fire (laughs) because things happen in people's lives. You know, you may be able to keep that groom. You may not be able to keep that groom. You know, they also are human as well. You know, they may have sickness, things that come up, things may happen. But then you've got the customer who just decides he wakes up that day. And when the groomer comes to the door, they decide, you know what? Nope, I'm not going to have you groom my dog today. Well, you know, that's a problem, (laughs) you know, because I tell them, you know, it's my groomers. I'm trying to make them whole. So my goal for, for them every day is to make sure they walk away with as much income as possible without burning them out without making them drive all over, you know, God's creation just to create it, you know, revenue for us. It's really being very strategic in what you do with your, your actual, um, scheduling. Um, it's what you do with your discussion with your, you know, I have no problem being in sales cause I was in sales for a really long time. Sales is not a problem for me. <laughs> you know, the thing is, is just making sure that, you know, we can stay on top of making sure that everybody stays whole during the day as far as grooms and revenue and making sure that your vans are running um, every day. And there's challenges with that just because it's a van situation. So we find probably the biggest surprise for me is making sure that, you know, the van that you have outfitted has, um, you know, the utmost quality to them and that they are built with warranty and with the absolute thought processes of the what ifs, you know, how do you deal with winter? You know, how do you deal with, you know, challenges with um, any sort of um, internal challenges within the van that, that you as an owner don't really have any control over your van shows up <laughs> You know, you got to learn a lot on the fly. So if there's a surprise, it's being more patient with the fact that, you know what, you got to breathe and then focus on fixing the problem. Yeah, that makes sense. And whenever people are looking at, you know, Zoom and grooming from and you're, you're area developer, so you're actively recruiting franchisees for your for your area. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what you know what are what are some of the top questions that people have for you as they're looking into this business? You know, one of the top questions that people have for me, um, and this is even with current franchise owners, is, you know, what about this groomer problem? I said I don't have a groomer problem. I never have. You know, so I think, you know, one is um, going out and finding good people has to come from, you know, your pro- your thought process on leadership and how you want to lead people. So I think that's the first and foremost thing. Do you enjoy that? You know, do you enjoy leading people and do you enjoy, enjoy getting out there and being the face of your business? Because Zoom and Grooming, um, it's the market is starting to get a little bit crowded. You've got you know, a groomer probably on every corner. They're all trying to make it. Mobile grooming's kind of coming into play where there's we're seeing more of them. So you really got to put yourself out there a lot and you got to find ways to engage with people. And people want to do business with people that they like and people that they know and people that they trust. So your job is to make that work. So you can't really just buy a franchise and say, oh, now I've got the nuts and bolts and it's just going to work on its own. It just doesn't work that way. You got to put a lot of work and effort on the front end to make yourself visible. Right. Yeah. And do you find that people like, like what are groomers looking for? Like, you know, like, you know, whether they're like at a PetSmart or Petco, wherever it might be that they're, they're doing like, what's the attraction for them going to a mobile 
grooming situation? You know, the attraction is autonomy. You know, um, when you look at a brick and mortar, their focus and their business model is number and speed. So the biggest challenge I have when I have a grimmer that coming from a different place like that is speed. We don't want speed. We want value and we want the concierge experience. So, you know, we are, you know, a higher price mobile um, grooming business for a reason. We want a different experience. So your brick and mortar, when you take your dogs in, they get washed and they get dried in a cage and they set all day. So they don't get bathroom breaks. They don't get snack breaks. They don't get go out and walk breaks. They, it's just being next to the next door yappy dog. And it's very challenging. The groomers are being forced to do things on number. So constantly, I think they get barked at, you're going too slow. You're not going fast enough. Um, you know, increase, increase your volume. And I think that constant, um, and I don't want to call it heckling, but it, but from their point of view, that's what it feels like. And so they are just, it's, it's a constant for them. And so um, I think the environment that they're under, you know, if they get bit, it, they're, they're told to just continue to work. You know, I'm like, stop what you're doing. It's time to go to the doctor. Right, right. I'm coming to get you, you know, you're going to put their dog away. We're going to talk to the client. We're going to, you know, retrieve our shot records and uh, you and I are going to the emergency room. Right. That's how I do my business. <laughs> so yeah. that's not the case in brick and mortar. And that probably helps you with, with recruiting as well. Is that, yeah. You know? Well, the word gets out, right. You know, yeah, the, the word, word, the world is small, you know, um, groomers talk. That is a very, very tight knit group of people. They're on a lot of forums. They'll talk about the challenges that they have. They'll talk about, you know, being even business owners. And some of them want to be business owners. And at the same time, they're in grooming because they want to deal with the dog. They don't want to deal with the person. Mobile grooming, you do have to deal with the person. So your job as a coach, you know, is, is always coaching them about how to deal with certain people. You know, you're developing their people skills because usually most groomers, like I said, have experienced something in their lifetime where dealing with a dog is much less painful than it is dealing with people and working for people. <laughs> right. So you have to, your mindset as a leader has to be very different when you step into a business like this and realize that, you know, behind every groomer is a very deep story. If sure. you don't understand their story and you're not there to dig their story because your relationship with them, they'll eventually tell you their story. Right. But if you listen to their story, they're very clear about the needs that they have. Right. And so affirmation, um, acknowledgement, um, being okay with not being perfect. Yeah. Right. Because most of them will spend half an hour on, on cutting one paw because it's just not perfect enough. But that's how they think. Really good groomers think that way. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, as, as people are looking at the different franchise businesses, you know, ultimately sometimes they're like, where are you going to get your business from? If you don't have a storefront, you know, like, where's all this business going to come from? And like, you know, sometimes people have that hard time weighing that because we're so familiar with the things yeah. that we see on the side of the road. Those are the franchises that we know. Right. And so, yeah. you know, some of the mobile grooming things that we see, people may not know that they're franchises. So if you yeah. could share with me, like, you know, what is it? look like for you to get business like how yeah. marketing helping and what you know does and i'm sure that the franchise has a lot of marketing support around there so are you seeing most of this come through google or word of mouth 
Yeah. So um, that's probably one of the things that you really have to sit down and look at as a business owner. Every market's different. So, you know, what may be support from you from the franchise home office may not be reflective of giving you the outcome that you need. So you're going to have to watch things very carefully. If your Google rank's not jumping, you know, something needs to happen. There needs to be, you need to shift. So that's probably one of the things of being a business owner. And I know you know this, Charles, very well. But, you know, if something's not working, flip the switch. You got to do something. If this isn't working, do something different. So for me, it's always like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw this over here. I'm gonna see what kind of takes because I could do that because I did a Robs right. So if you roll, if you roll into a franchise and you're an LLC, you need to. If you don't have some of that capital to do some testing, you may find yourself not growing as fast. So what I did is I, I took all the things that I knew that were working. Um, And one of the things for me here in my local area was that, you know, there was a TV um, show that had been around for years. I used to watch it when I was a little girl. It was KY3 TV. (laughs) So even though they're streaming, this part of Missouri watches TV at noon whatever reason that is, you're coming in from the lake, you're watching TV at noon, you're coming in, you're having lunch. If you are Springfield, Missouri, you're coming in and usually people are, you know, pulling up their TV. They're not pulling up Hulu or Netflix, usually till the nighttime. So strategically, I put a commercial in that ran at 12 noon and it just blew my business up. So that was one, one thing. And I'd say, how'd you hear from us? And they go, KY3. And then I bring Lila with me, right? So Lila comes on the show. So she's part of the commercial. And so when she's out with us, they're like, oh, is this the dog on the commercial? And they're like, yeah, this is Lila. And of course, she's a lover. So kids love her. They lay on her. They pet her. You know, she's just sweet. And then the other piece of that is making sure that, you know, if people are going, you need to ask for what you want. If you want a Google review, you need to ask for a Google review. You know, so for the support on the side of our franchise, they chose a very good booking system, which kind of keeps that front and center for us. So it kind of takes a little bit of that heat off. We're in the beginning about, you know, a year ago, very much of that kind of rested on my shoulders to make sure and push push that through. So you're asking your groomers to not only, you know, drive a truck, clean a truck, groom a dog, engage, you know, I mean, the list is very long. I want you to ask them to give you a Google review, you know, and they're not comfortable doing that a lot of times. So there's times when I will go out with them and and I'll say, you know, hey, I'm the owner. You know, I just want to thank you for using us. You know, we want to make sure that you're happy with your service, you know, and I'm going to call you and see how things go. But I'm also going to ask you to give us a Google review if you're willing to do so. And most of the time people did. So I, I raised the ranks pretty quick. So I think it's it's a lot of different things and you have to be able to analyze and look at what is the return on your investment for what's going to get you the right customer. So it is customer conversion and cost per customer conversion. Yeah, that's really great for you back. You know, some, you know, so many people want to rely on the franchisor to do everything for them, you yep. know, but like, you, like bringing your dog on and bringing the TV, like recognizing what needs to be done. I, I commend you for yeah. that. Awesome. That's really good. Yeah. Really yeah, good. you do. And you just have to just go out there and, you know, my thought is wherever the dogs are, you follow them, you know, follow the dogs. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. get out there, talk to people. And like I said, people want to do business with people they like and they trust. And so you have to work for that. That just doesn't come with buying a franchise. So it takes a lot of work. Right. Well, Dana, thank you so much for sharing your story today. If you could, you know, before we leave, 
anyone who's looking at Zoom and Grooming or, or possibly being under your umbrella of area development rep, like what advice can you give somebody who's looking into franchising or possibly looking into Zoom and Grooming? You know, yeah. like if you kind of go back and if you were to give Dina advice before she moved forward, what would that yeah. advice be? You know, I think the most important thing is, you know, like you said, you know, give another local franchisee, you know, a call. Just say, hey, I'm looking into this, you know, kind of like what you did with me today, Charles. You know, what are what are some of the challenges, some of the surprises that maybe you didn't know? I mean, I think that's really good. You know, um, call your, you know, um, anybody that's looking can welcome to call me if they want, at, you know, the 1-800-220-8177. They can call me, ask me, you know, might be what my experiences is, you know. Um, you know, and I think it's it's really about making sure that you have you have a heartfelt, a gut feeling, do your due diligence and make sure that you have you know, on the other side of any investment that you're going to get back your return. So, you know, you, even though we're not, you know, liable, obviously we're not going to talk numbers. That's not the appropriate thing to do here. But as you do your franchise and you're looking at it, you know, you'll be able to go through the process and look at their FDDs. You'll be able to, you know, sit down and have a decision of, okay, what does it look like on the paper side of things? Now you need to reach across and make sure that you understand what's on the other side of the paper. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Do you feel like whenever you made the decision to do this, if you had to put a percentage on it, how much of it was an emotional decision versus a numbers decision? Um, I want to say it was probably like a hundred percent, a hundred percent because I needed to make a decision, right? I needed to do something that needed a pivot for me financially. So I needed to make a pivot. My goal was to replace, you know, an income that we needed for our family. And I knew that, you know, would that, could that possibly happen if I give, you know, 110% of what I know I've done in my past. So my past said to me, if I repeat what I've done, you know, should I hit that number? And I'm very focused. I'm going to hit this number. I mean, I'm very driven that way. So I don't need a lot of pushing or somebody to say, you know, do something different. Um, but then emotionally, if, if I could not get behind a franchise that I was going to purchase, and if it wasn't for Lila, I would not be here in Zoom and Grooming. So it was a large part of that because of my experience with my groomer here it was such a bad experience for my own dog. And for me personally, I was like, oh my gosh, there's got to be a different, <laughs> there's got to be a yeah. better solution than this. Right. right? So I want to say it was, you know, it's a hundred and a hundred, you know, I'm not going to invest something emotionally or financially if I can't get behind it. Congratulations. Sure. Absolutely. Well, Dana, thank you so much for joining me today. It was great to meet you and I'm sure my audience will, will love your feedback. So thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. Glad I could be here with you. Thanks Charles for inviting me in. Yeah, absolutely.